Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. That's when it got wheels off. We started up and we ain't gonna stop. Oh, sound like you like it or not. That's when it got wheels off. From what I can gather, keeping a rock band together over a long stretch of time with the same members is a really difficult thing to do. Ryan Miller has done just that. He has kept his band Guster together since 1991, two years longer than my own band, even though he's a couple of years younger than me. He is an R. Miller, as am I. We both grew up in Texas. We have a lot of things in common, which is something we will cover during the upcoming interview. But What's great about talking to Ryan is that his mind moves a million miles a a minute and his ideas come in avalanches of creativity. This guy is so fun and so funny and so weird that to be around him is to be inspired. And I'm so glad I got to talk to him for Wheels Off. Because during the course of our conversation, I learned things about him that even after years of friendship, I had never known. And I got insights into a creative process that I think is um, one which is worthy of emulation. What he does, the way he does it, how hard he works, how open-minded he is when it comes to ideas and creativity and just keeping moving and keeping making I think it's so inspiring, and I'm really glad that I get to share the crazy brain of Ryan Miller with you in this episode of Wheels Off. Welcome to Wheels Off, Ryan Miller. Wheels Off. Wheels Off, (laughs) Rhett and Ryan, starting off with a bang. (laughs) I was ready for you to say something so awesome. That was all I did was just repeat what you said. It was pretty awesome. It was pretty great. So, um, yeah, I was trying to explain to you ahead of time, but I figured you would get it as we went. Uh, uh, yeah, this is kind of, this is a thing I do too. So this, we're, in good, we're um, in good hands. What creative projects are you working on at the moment and how is it inspiring you? Oh, really? Right out the gates? That was that's, what we're doing? That's the idea. That's the, oh, is that the idea of a thing? It's the, Wait, I have a... It is funny. This is actually good timing. What creative projects am I working on? That's great. I, that's like five or six things. So that'll be... We can, <laughs> how many hours do we have? How much time do we have? Are these half hour? Maybe pick the top one or two. Really? <laughs> yeah, they 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 run about uh, twenty five <laughs> to forty minutes. Okay, uh, <laughs> only pick one or two. Okay, I mean, do whatever you want. Okay, you... I how about this? I could tell you the ones I'm working on, yeah. and then we can kind of d- drill in however you like. Sure. Um, <laughs> okay. My most, how about this? The one I'm most excited, but this is this is the most oddball one, so it's kind of a weird one 
to, to I mean you've already intro so people have some context oh they'll know who you are okay but how about this because I don't even know if you and I I can tell you the things that are sort of driving me in general and we can drill into some of the more what like, if we hit the 30 minute mark and you're just <laughs> delaying the ground rules out for the for first question true. that's how we know we're in good shape then we should just turn it into a podcast series of you and I talking which is also a good idea okay well it would the, be called the, we are Miller R. R. Miller both R. Miller's R. Remember that was it. A R E Millers. We are Millers. R Millers. Just the letter R. Like R. Yeah, R. That's like when the Bens were the Bens. But we should totally go on tour with them. All right. Uh, Well, the the main thing that feeds my sort of creative soul in general is the is the Guster umbrella, which is we had a record come out in January. I just came from late because I was with a meeting with the manager talking about all the cool like we're doing acoustic stuff. We did. We just did a. When is this coming out? This won't be out for a couple of months. Okay, so we're doing like this overexcited remix where we had people from nine different, seven different languages record our song. That song's insane. Yeah, that song's insane. I went insane (laughs) listening to that song. Is that you doing the vocal? Yeah, it's me doing that. (laughs) That's a whole other conversation. So (laughs) the band stuff is big and we're touring and that's a whole thing. Um, And it's pretty much like my main line where things get cleared out of the way by that. That's the that's the 900 pound elephant in the room. Um, I also do a lot of like film scoring and commercial stuff. So I had a film come out last weekend on Netflix that was like a YA film. It's like a bunch of Riverdale stars. It was like bought by Netflix. And there's a soundtrack that came out with that 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 had a bunch of my score on it. So that's kind of an ongoing procedure where I'm constantly submitting reels and doing submitting for commercials that I really like doing because it's really short form creative stuff. You're um, really great at that, by the way. I've thank you. Is, is that all instrumental stuff on that one? It's it's almost all instrumental. I put a little bit of vocal, but it's pretty much all yeah. instrumental. It's all like underscore. It's like yeah. traditional, yeah, compositional film stuff. Um, those are kind of the two main things that I that like like at least generate revenue. And then, but then there's this whole other part of my life that I'm getting into right now, which is sort of the space that you're in. Um, it started with a PBS show that I had in Vermont PBS called Making Friends with Ryan Miller, where I ran around meeting high-functioning weirdos. So there was 13 episodes of that. That segued into another series called Bardo. That's another Vermont PBS show where it was a half-hour format. Um, it was basically bands would play in Vermont, do a five-camera shoot, audio truck, super high-fidelity capture, um, and then paired it with a three- to four-hour off-site interview that was then interspliced with the thing. So it's basically like Austin City Limits meets Comedians in Cars. Wow. So we shot eight episodes of that. They're very expensive to make, which is why there's we've made eight. But we did like Lace Street Die. We did Milk Carton Kids. Uh, Meryl did it from Tune Yards. Um, did this EDM artist, San Holo. Did Caroline Rose. Um, really, really fun That's a to big do. scope. Yeah, it's because they're just bands that were playing yeah. in town. And so that's kind of an ongoing thing, but part of this whole deal was that when I got into this like hosting gig when I started to talk to people um, especially on camera it was like I felt this other part of my life click into place in the same way that like the first time I ever sat down to to score music to picture I was like oh shit this is something I want to do and I think I could be good at it and this hosting thing was another one where it was like it was like, oh, a lot of my life has been leading up to this, to be conversational and to be entertaining. It was really fun. So, you know, I had a meeting yesterday with about starting a podcast and trying to figure out what that would look like. I also just had a meeting this morning about another 
hosting thing that I'm trying to figure out. So that's a very big creative arc and I've been pushing really hard and trying to find the right match. I've been working on this stuff for a couple of years and like all these little things are coming up but it's been really encouraging. So that's a really big push for me right now. I had an animated series I put together that the Duplass brothers produced. Wow. That's really cool. It's like, it's really funny and that's kind of like reached its end although now I have this in my quiver of like sure. oh I love doing animation and it was like these two to three minute long stories that were animated they were really funny and then this is like my big so we'll finish this and we can drill into whatever <laughs> ones you want but and then this is really funny is you know I moved to Vermont nine years ago and I know you and I have talked a lot about this I freaked out a lot because I love to make things, as you can tell. My pool of collaborators felt very different in Vermont. Like, you live... We, we have similar lives. Like, you live in a town, and yeah. it's a cool town, and there's, like, probably a lot of interesting people, but it doesn't exist like New York or L.A., where there's a million people like, what are you working on? We should do something, and then you're doing it, and people are making stuff. So, um, I've... Something happened in the last couple of years where I really started to click in with Vermont. It just took a really long time, I think. Um, and I found this space. It's called the make. It's called Generator. It's like a maker space where there's a wood shop, a metal shop, a like 3D printer, and they do classes. And um, I really just liked all the weirdo people making stuff in there. So I, they, I became a... <laughs> there's a chair you made there. No, I there's saw. a table. A table. That's so what like, this was a weird thing that happened. It's like, I made this... I was going to make picture frames because I was like, I want to learn how to do it. And I made this table and everyone that saw it was kind of like, whoa, like that's pretty good. So I kind of... Okay, so <laughs> this is might be the thing I want to talk about, which is weird sure. because I saw Bjork uh -huh. two nights ago um, at the shed and... I'm a huge Bjork, Bjork fan. I mean, I'm a big Bjork fan. I'm not like a... I mean, I didn't really even listen to the last record that much. Sure. You're um, not encyclopedic. I'm not in... But, but I'm such a fan of her and like, especially with my kids, it's just like, this is who we... This is our Bowie in a way. Like, yeah, she's yeah, just... Yeah. And it blew me away so heavy. And in the middle of my artistic haze, I was like, I really think I want to make more tables. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> like, in my stoned haze of just, like, being completely overwhelmed by everything that I was seeing and hearing and feeling, I was like, I think I need to do this table thing a little bit more. <laughs> like, because I was using embroidery and I've been doing embroidering stuff for, like, the last year or something, and it feels really interesting. And I don't know to what capacity I'm going to do it, but I almost was like, well, what, what if I just, like, said I'm open for commissions? I don't know. I want to do a few more. Yeah. And... It, but it's really fun and they're really interesting and I'm and it's funny like just to even set that intention of like what if I do that then I'm like oh what materials do I like and I'm like oh I love Shugi Ben when they burn the Japanese wood oh and that's I, great and I love marble and I love embroidery thread and you know like this is the kind of stuff so it's almost like I almost in this weird way I feel like I'm like 17 or something yeah. like I'm oh maybe I'll learn how to do this thing because I'm not a really a craftsman in a sense of like I'm not good with details but it feels very holistic in this weird way to to make something so I like I had this idea like less than 48 hours ago that I was going to set this intention to to be more intentional about my time and there and make it less of like oh I'm just making something and I will still be making something but to be like more thought I don't know if that's the right word more thoughtful anyway I've been talking a lot I like it I'm um stop. It's funny. This came up from the very, the very fir my first interview I did as as part of this um, series of conversations was with Roseanne Cash. Yeah, and she immediately started talking about writing a musical, like a Broadway musical that she's working on with her husband John Leventhal, and 
And ever since then, in, in almost every one of these interviews, one of the main themes has been this sort of idea of diversification, where like when you make things, you wind up making lots of different things. Like and it works different parts of you. And then there's the question of, and I wonder if you can speak to this, the, the hours you've put into music, which at this point is hundreds of thousands. How much does that translate? Like when you're making a table, this is a whole new muscle you're exercising, but you've spent so much of your life creating things. I just wonder, like philosophically, do you do you feel like it's completely starting from scratch or are you coming at it feeling like, oh, I want to make someone happy, make this thing, send it out into the world? Does it seem like it's part of the same continuum? It feels like the Venn diagram almost completely overlaps. It's it's yeah. so weird. I don't feel like there's any, it's not disparate at all about all of this creative stuff. And like, especially because like in my TV show, it's like high functioning weirdos. So like when I would try and distill the difference between the architect I met with the entrepreneur that I met with the guy who just lives completely a mile off the, off the grid and built a house with a shovel and a... <laughs> And, you know, a geodesic dome with a shovel and a hammer was like, well, there's really like you burn all these guys down and there's like the creativity is the is the real through line between all of it. And so, yeah, I mean, making a table is exactly like making a song is exactly like cooking. You know, it's like you hear the chef music thing all the time, but it's totally true. Like. In fact, the the people I was just meeting with, I don't know if I'm even allowed to... Well, I don't know. It's like, I was just talking with these people. This They're called United States Artists, and they have this huge foundation, extremely well-funded um, nonprofit where they give 50 artists $50,000 a year, like, just to be an artist every year. And, I, and my friend is on the board, and I met this lady this morning, and she was talking about this really... God, what did she do? She was like either a play I think she was a playwright and she went to visit her and she asked this question she's like well what are you working on right now and she's like I'm really into my garden and, <laughs> I just, and I've been doing I've been working in my garden I just crossed these and I made a new peony and it was like it's so funny I literally had this conversation like yeah. three hours ago about this playwright she was so blown away that there was this woman who was like so articulate and a performer and then went into her garden and made a peony but I was like oh, I totally get that and I feel so empowered and I think part of why this happened in the Bjork thing was because the Bjork it wasn't just musical and it wasn't just overtly visual in so many ways like the set design the costume design the actual graphics that were happening like there was nothing that she didn't think of I felt I, I used that I put an Instagram post up and I was like how do I distill this it was like a trust fall because there was like you couldn't look or feel anything that she didn't think of it was so and I think that that's kind of like how the table thing fits into my whole world of like well, yeah, I'm a visual guy. Like I'm starting, you know, I've been scoring movies for a long time and and I've been playing with like, uh, you know, I've been playing with embroidery thread and clothes and stuff and like it all feels completely conversant with everything else. And I think probably with most artists, like it doesn't seem like a controversial thing to articulate. No, but I feel like it's not obvious. And I think it's so mm. cool to hear how we all wind up kind of going at it like this. When you... We're a kid. I know you've been doing this for for freaking ever. As long as you. Yeah. And so <laughs> um, was there a moment when you were starting when you knew, like, undeniably, this is going to be your life path? You're going to make things for a living? Was there an epiphany moment? Well, no. But I feel like full disclosure, like, 
we should talk for like two seconds about our relationship and how like I was such a huge fan of you and mythologies because we both your first record because we both grew up in Dallas and yeah. that you were I mean we're pretty much the same age you're like a year older than me 48 yeah yeah 46 so you were two years ahead of me and my high school band like a like adored <laughs> and I loved your record and the whole thing and you were like a local boy done good when so you, you first told me that that freaked me out because I've always been embarrassed of that record I was in high school of course you were same with, I, of course you were and so I you even... stole the British accent I'm overexcited <laughs> <laughs> I never really accent. got that I, I have but now now I understand why it's like uh, where'd you get the British accent from Brett Miller's album <laughs> oh jeez um, but um, yeah so no I mean I think I came to college being I never Maybe it was like, yeah, I want to be a rock star. Like, I think that might have been, but I never was self-assured that I was like, that's, I never studied music. I'm not good at music. Like, I'm not a shredder. I was, you know what I mean? I was never, I, when I went to college, I never sang before. So I, funny to a, hear you say that, because when I watch you, I've I've seen you do scoring for films, and yeah. I've heard stuff you're working on that's just musical. Yeah. I mean, in addition to this, the really obvious stuff with Guster. But, like, I think of you as one of the most musical people I know and, like, super talented. So to hear you say that you're... Yeah, well, thank you. And I don't... But I think it's just, like, I can't sit in with bands. Like, yeah. I'm not a shredder. And I think that my skill is in, like, melody and maybe now an arrangement. And now there's some kind of emotional component that's being drawn out by all the scoring that I've done. So I, I wouldn't say, like, oh, I suck at music. Like, I'm actually really <laughs> confident in, like, my ability to, like, especially when I get, like, com I do commercials because it's just, like, really quick hits of creativity. Yeah. Like, okay, you have 30 seconds. They want it to sound like summer, but they want it a little bit modern. And so I love those assignments because just like and you get paid a couple hundred bucks and then you get a chance to win and it's really fun but I and some of those I'm like this is good like yeah. I feel sometimes I feel good and I hardly ever win because I don't think I'm like I haven't reverse engineered it where they I know exactly but I just do it well enough that it's fun for me and the people don't feel bad for paying yeah. you know what I mean it's a little bit outside but anyway to, to go back and answer your question no I never thought like and this band that started in college was also I feel the same way about our first record as you probably do around mm -hmm. yours I didn't love it but there was something about it that we did that was that caught on with people that was like oh maybe we but by the time we graduated, we just didn't have to have jobs. It was enough of like, we had made a record with a good producer in town. We had sold 10,000 copies of our record. We bought them. We had enough money to buy a van. We were making, like the day we graduated, we took our van and we went to Chicago, made a video with a student at Northwestern. We played like the Northwestern like college day. And we were like, we had enough money to pay for an apartment. So I think it was sort of like, well, maybe we'll just kind of give this a go. You know, but I didn't. None of us studied music. None of us thought this yeah. was going to be a thing. Definitely not at forty six. It's funny hearing you talk is reminding me of something that I've I've since since we first became real life friends years ago. You make ambition fun. Like to me, I've always <laughs> felt like ambition was a dirty word. Oh, like it was wow. something to be kind of ashamed of, or it was yeah. like the it was the dark side of what we do. Huh. But like I, you are. You approach it in such a way like, well, we need to want to do things and work hard and do the, and keep pushing. Well, you I think that a lot of it is that it's really driven by creativity. It's like when I saw you do your book and I was like, your kid's book. I was like, that's so perfect. And it makes so much sense. And it's like, it's super on brand for you. And that on brand thing can like, that could be a very ambitious, like capitalist statement. But I don't, 
it, it also just it's just a comprehensive way of being like you're a creative guy and you have these stories to tell and you're amazing at words so of course and you have a lot of friends like I do so you're like really extroverted so the or, or the podcast idea when I saw that it was like oh like I was a little bit I gotta be honest I was like 10% like oh Rhett's doing this two or first or whatever because yeah. I have this <laughs> in me and I was like oh you would be who I would have on my show <laughs> like but not in a bat but in a way of like it just feels like but that, and I guess you, people will see it like call you a try hard or like fly <laughs> like, the, like there's ambition in there or something. Yeah. But like you're just trying to make stuff. Yeah. And everybody that I know and I love and it's in my life, like we all just want to make things and we yeah. want to support each other in the making of things. So like this is the universe that I want to exist in is like where this is really celebrated and like, you know. Fuck whoever is outside of that world is going to call bullshit on the fact that you want to make stuff, especially because right. what I'm making never is like a no brainer down the middle thing. Like yeah. it's all just stuff that makes me laugh or makes me in- enjoyable. Yeah, I like don't even know when you're trying to land a 30 second commercial. You're still you're I'm still just, handing them something weird. Yeah, it's so, like I'm always I'm like I'm never gone the guy that's down the middle. I'm the guy that if they want to go to the margins and yeah. this particular margin I'll be there for them but I never <laughs> and so yeah so and same thing with like trying to write a hit song or yeah. whatever it was like look what our single was it was me singing in a British accent like who knew who knew but that's the most successful single we've had in like 15 years you know yeah. so it's like that's the thing that ultimately people respond to and that's why like Bjork and Prince and Bowie who are like the weirdest dudes on the planet are three of the most remarkable artists we've had because they just have the crazy universe of, that they built on their yeah. own and why this Bjork thing just affected me so deeply because it was so comprehensive this thing that she made and it's so astounding on a level of creativity I don't know it's, this is something that comes up a lot as well in these talks is the idea of calculation as being sort of anathema uh-huh. to creativity and, and I'm hearing you talk about all these people in the universes that they've kind of stumbled upon or built I don't think you or Bowie or Bjork I don't think anybody sat down and said ooh I bet if I do it weird in this way that's what's going to make money like with overexcited ooh I bet if I do you know I'm going to run the numbers and then this is going to be the single that's going to right like it's I mean listen okay you want people to like it here's the thing here's the the real thing is like we're in our 40s we've seen a lot of life and like what is the thing and and i love and i'm I'm, i spent a lot of time on reddit and like so one (laughs) of the one and not like not all the really toxic parts of reddit although i do see that from time to time but they're like one of the cooler things is like sometimes like old people of reddit like we're young people (laughs) if you could tell your younger self anything i feel like this question comes up like every few months there's a big like yeah ask reddit thing and like Everything that they say and everything that's true is that old people are like, what What do I wish I knew? It's like, I wish I gave way less of a shit of what people thought about me. Yes. And so this is the thing about all of life in a way is just and it's so stupid, but it's like, be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. And it, this is just a general way of teasing this out. Right. I'm just like, man. I like weird pants and I like this sweater and it doesn't match and maybe on somebody else it would look ridiculous or my friend Paul is like my like probably my best friend is like I could never pull that off and it's like I see what you mean because the intention behind it is sort of different but I am just so much more empowered to be who I want to be as a songwriter as a dude walking down the street as a furniture maker yeah. as a film composer and just own all of it because it 
if you own it, then it doesn't, nothing matters. Yeah. None of it matters. And that's really the whole trick of the whole thing. And like our kids, you know what I mean? Like yeah. all we're trying to give to them. It's Ugh. just like, just you be you believe in yourself. Yeah. Like, let's try and build you up as give you as much ammo as you can. When you go out in the world that you just try and figure it out. It's all you could ever hope for anybody. Right. Yeah. Honestly. So I hear you talk about your younger self and worrying about what other people think. And that's something that I really want to dig into in these conversations is uh, the obstacles in our creative life are obvious from the outside world. But the interior obstacles, the things that we build up in ourselves, um, the voices in our head that you know hold us down. Um, I don't it's not super obvious to look at you and think that you suffer from a lot of that self-doubt or that kind of negative um uh, self imagery or whatever, but what do you what do you feel like? How does that affect you, and how do you deal with it? How does what affect me? This the, the, this internally create generated obstacles. I mean, or I do don't you know. even do that? I do think you... it's like I feel like I'm in another phase now. I feel like right now you've caught me, and I don't know if this will last. <laughs> but I'm feeling really fearless, and I'm feeling really confident about the things I'm confident about. Well, then how do you? feel like because it took a while to get there it right takes, it took me so long to get there and to own my band yeah in a way like uh, taking ownership and like i know if people listen to the record like oh i don't think this is perfect music or whatever yeah. and like i listen to it i'm like oh that's not the best or we could have done that better or, i know like I also go see Bjork and Radiohead and I'm like, well, these guys aren't doing what I do. <laughs> like they're talking, they're, they're talking to God. But I also like, okay, how about this? Last night, so I went saw Bjork on Sunday and last night my friend took me to see The Who. And like, wow. I don't like, I don't really like The Who. I'm not that mad at The Who, but like, <laughs> I was just like, I wasn't like cool. It was so weird seeing The Who after seeing Bjork because it's yeah. just like, oh, look at these cans and there's a curtain that comes down and like the production it literally felt like going to an elementary school thing after <laughs> seeing the Bjork thing at the shed literally I mean it just wasn't the focus and so and also the songs like they don't hold up in the same way it's like yeah. oh this is a formula of this is what a who song is in a way that the Bjork thing like one point the guy was playing percussion with with buckets of water as percussion and you just like in a little in a bucket like it was yeah. a big tub of water and they were mic'd and it was the most and I'm like they're not doing I'm hearing the same guitar tone every song I'm hearing four chord structure this is like this is where the song comes in and it was I was felt myself being a little bit cynical about it but then I look around and, and everyone's feeling it so heavy and yeah. they're all dudes and they're all in their like 50s 60s and I'm like well this is really beautiful yeah. you know like that's where I'm kind of coming at it. It's like, well, this might not be for me right now. I don't know if it'd be for anybody right now, but it's about what it made these people feel like and how valid that is as an experience. Yeah. So that was a very long way to get around about why I can feel good about my band, even though I know that I'm not making like, like you and I will listen to probably 50 records this year. You're like, holy shit, that record's so good. Like, yeah. how do they do that? And And I think what's cool about my band and the, how I can stay confident is that I'm really I'm like well just look at it as a trajectory mm -hmm. like look where we started and look where we are like are you really gonna bust us like when critics get mad about our band or whatever I'm like yeah but look at what we've been doing like you you're not gonna applaud the fact that we've been working our asses off to like look at our last record compared to our first like who does that really I mean there are some for sure and I think Radiohead and Bowie or York are probably good examples of that but so it's like Wilco or 
REM, and not you don't always like where they end up, and it's not always a good thing. But you're talking ju- about their evolution, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, the and idea s- of evolution. And so the and so to 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 come back to your question about the self doubt, it's like I don't I don't think all my stuff's amazing, um, but I'm but I'm really confident in like that that all of this is coming from a really pure place. I think that's kind of mm-hmm. how I can defend it. Of just like. That's and then again, this is just taking ownership of this. Like my my aim is true, you know. Like yeah. I really just want to make stuff. I generally like people. I'm generally creative. I'm really curious. I'm really open. And so then I can feel like I can I can take all this stuff on in a really in a in a really kind of pure way, hopefully. And 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 generally, I think it can come across that way. Uh, yeah, I think it comes through. I for think sure. that you can't like. There's one word that always always comes up in everything I do and it's like verisimilitude it's just like it's just truth telling it's like I never want to condescend and I just want to be on I want to be this is just like I want to wear and that could be like I think Bjork is being true when she builds an entire stage that looks like a mushroom and because and everything is like welcome to a land where you're half robot half you know nature and half human it's like That might not be my truth, but it's her, it's hers, and yeah. so you know it. It I don't know, I'm a little bit off topic, maybe. No, I love that. <laughs> it's perfect. So you you got to this place um, before I was even going to take you there, but I'm hoping that you can sort of distill it for me. If you were to meet a young version of yourself, twenty twenty one year old version of Ryan Miller, but working in today's world, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, if I was, if it was me. You. If it was actually me, when you I was tw- now when I was tw- when I was tw- twenty one when I was twenty one or twenty one years ago, like in my no, I'm yeah. in my twenties. Yeah, you at twenty one, but as in twenty nineteen. I Bottom mean, half. I think, I think I came to appreciate weirdness really late, relatively late. Like I grew up in Dallas, so the only and I didn't have an older brother or sister, so the only weird music like I was listening to you and Jacko Pierce. <laughs> But also like the edge, like I was in Secure and Depeche Mode and the Smiths, yeah. but I had never heard the Velvet Underground. Like there was no college radio where we were. Like yeah. I didn't know what Astral Weeks was. I didn't know what Village Green Preservation Society was. I didn't know like the Misfits. Like I just like I had such a my I just had such a thin thing. I felt like I had so much catching up to do. So like now to be to see my kids who are just like it's all there for you. You can go as deep into this stuff as you want. Like that meow wolf exists or, you know what I mean? Or this, or that you can go on the internet and find like Japanese, like eighties fashion, whatever. I mean, listen, it's, it's all there. And so part of it is like, I want to play catch up from just not being exposed to all this. And also I think like, even there was like, I think in college there was like, there was this thing, the arts house and they were like kind of where the weirdos went. Like, I'm so a weirdo now and I wasn't like a lot of weirdos like they start off as weirdos and they live their life in this kind of weirdo way and I think I was not a weirdo and I'm becoming more and more of a weirdo every day (laughs) so I think what my advice would be would be like and I wasn't resistant to it I just it took me a while to find it but now like I just want to be in the most like when I was I was in Berlin shooting an overexcited video, I was like, I just want to get out. What's the craziest thing like you can show me in Berlin? Like where can I go? Is it a crazy sex club or is it a weird art thing or like or the other night like I stayed up till seven in the morning here and I ended up on a boat 
on a you know in in Greenpoint with like a bunch of people probably eating drugs but dancing and there was an energy healer and I'm like these are my people you know what I mean <laughs> but I don't think that they were tradition they weren't my people when I was in my twenties yeah and I think I had maybe an inclination to it to that world but not really and now I would just be like I just want to go full full bore into all things eccentric and beautiful and ugly and out or that probably was not my inclination I love that <laughs> why do you have an answer to that question no I mean sure of course you do. <laughs> don't be afraid of the weirdos that's good uh, that's don't be good. afraid of the weird no the weirdos are your friend like the non-pejorative weirdo is like it's just that is my ethos for all this it's all like I think that's even what I liked about you you know when I met you is I was like oh you're like everybody in my life is kind of a weirdo and that's in, in the best way that's really everything I want but that's that's the the Van Dyke the high functioning weirdo that's like yeah. that is my that's my dream it's just really eccentric people it's easy to be it's easy to be eccentric and it's easy to make shit but to be eccentric and also make shit that the ambition with the weirdo combo is, and high function high, yeah the high functioning is the yeah, yeah is it, yeah exactly that's the thing that's the real trick I love it well, this has been really fun, and I feel like it's been really useful. I feel like I could talk to you Yeah, all we could day. probably do like 30 of these. Yeah. Well, but you know what we'll do is we'll save it for whatever <laughs> the next thing you've got going. Exactly. We could part two it. You'll have to invite me. You're doing good. That was good. You, you know, no notes, and you just like had a whole thing. I kind of didn't want to listen to one on purpose. When yeah. Because, well, uh, one, as I you had told me earlier, like, we'll do one. So I was like, cool, I just want to go in fresh. Fresh. But now I am, I'm interested to hear about your other ones. Listen oh, they're all them. really brilliant, believe me. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ryan Miller, for being my guest. Thank you for having Woo! me, Rhett Miller. We are Miller. <laughs> we need a theme song. I'll send you a theme song to play right. right now. Cue the theme song I'm going to write when I get home. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Wheels Off. Please be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us appear higher in the search results and lets other folks know that it's a cool podcast to listen to. Also, as the kids say, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to shows like this so that you never miss an episode. This has been Wheels Off, and I'm Rhett Miller, encouraging you to create every day. Thanks, y'all. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>